Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's October 24th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva, and we do not know where Dolly is. Oh, there she is. Okay, Dolly, can you hear us? Yeah. Holy criminy. Well, that was a trial. <laughs> but it was a trial that turned out to be a success, because here you are. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know how did I do it. What? I got in, Matt. Oh, good. I, I don't know how. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's so practical. Miss <laughs> Practical. Strikes again. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, thank you, Annette. <laughs> yeah, well, she was trying to help me. And and then I was getting, well, restart the computer. And, and then I was, she was saying, well, reload the computer. And I told her, I got too many destructions to follow. Well, here you are. You're here. I was just, um, we got an update on his mom. She's, she's uh, day by day getting a little better. So we're in the uh, day by day getting a little better routine. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what happened? Oh. I'm trying to get the chat room open. But I don't know if I can. Uh, well, I'm, uh, there's the chat room. Here's Skype. I'm not going to do anything to Skype. Okay. All right. Why don't you just try to do that and not explain it to us? Because we've just spent ten minutes talking about Nancy wants to wants your list because she says you got a list. You got a list. But I wanted. To, I just wanted to mention this bizarre thing that happened with that plane that was full of other pilots that was flying back to wherever because it's you know that's how they. It was just a free trip back to wherever they were coming from. And one of the pilots was in the jump seat, I guess in the cockpit, behind the pilots. And all of a sudden, he tried to shut the engines off in the plane. On purpose? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the... How high, how high up were they? What's the altitude? Well, it doesn't matter, Walt. It's how low they got. <laughs> oh. You know? Well, I don't know where they were in the flight, but um, the pilot and the co-pilot were able to beat him back. And uh, so they got him out of the cockpit and everything, and um, I, I heard the, the, uh, the pilot's response to the ground, and apparently they had... Mayday under a hijack situation or something. They had already been talking to the ground, but the uh, the pilot was like, uh, "Okay, the guy that just tried to kill seventy people is uh, subdued now. Uh, we do have it under control." Uh, uh, was he on bath salts? No. The drug that turns them into zombies? No, he was on magic mushrooms. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> His claim is that. He was depressed, so he took some magic mushrooms. Now, he lives in Oregon. This all happened in Oregon. 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be laughing about it, but it, it's just so getting stupider and stupider. In Oregon, they have a uh, a law that says that you can just go down the street and buy magic mushrooms. All right, so he was self-medicating with magic mushrooms. And magic mushrooms have a tremendous amount of very positive medical, uh, really good things happening, especially for, like, uh, post-traumatic stress and that sort of thing. You're not muted, Dolly. Uh, post-traumatic stress and, and other... Oh! Uh, <laughs> oh, for God's sakes, don't just... Don't worry about it, Dolly. Don't worry about it. I, I'm... Don't worry about it. Oh, she found it. Now we'll see if she can get herself unmuted. Good Lord. <laughs> but, so anyway, yeah, and the guy, this was his first time on magic mushrooms, and he takes it while he's out, you know, in pub. I mean, I can't even imagine what a fool he is to have even thought about doing that. But it, it's part and parcel of the fact that they're making these drugs legal. So anybody can go is, down and is do this pilot one of those uh, COVID uh, things? Has he been vaccinated? Oh, uh, probably. But oh God, you know. Um, yeah, I don't. I it's, it, it was just like I say. It was on the five. It was it was just such a strange uh, discussion. They're calling him the Kamikaze pilot. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And Oregon, you gotta you gotta look at Oregon and go, what in the hell is the matter with those people? And Ani Avedisian lives there, because they, the or, apparently it seemed like it was the state of Oregon, has decided that they're going to stop all standards in the in the uh, uh, elementary schools. In other words, it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do. You're not you're going to get passed. And nobody has to do anything. And it's set to go into effect five years in the future. And these people, 70% of their children in their elementary school, 70% cannot pass the standard test now. So, oh, well, if they can't pass it, let's just get rid of it. I mean, maybe they're Get rid of the children or the standard. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Good question. It might be easier to get rid of the kids, you know. Oh, you just, uh, you know, you're all losers. Go do something else. I'm too busy, you know, making money off of being a uh, member of the school boards. And I'm sure there's school boards out there that are fine. But these school boards that are not fine are really not fine. And so I've decided that maybe that's the answer to Oregon's continually being doing things that just don't even make any sense. Maybe they're all on magic mushrooms. Mm. You can go down to the store and buy it. So, <laughs> but, uh, oh gosh, and I, I just, it, it seems so impossible. Because pot is legal there, correct? And you can buy it anywhere in any dispensary? Yes, but uh, you can also buy the magic mushrooms. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, do, at, at the moment, do they have a stop for are there any drugs that are not allowed like for example LSD is LSD uh, controlled or is it open open I free don't, range I don't know I mean I don't actually keep up on the drug market Walt but I don't know oh. Oh. Um, 
No, somebody on LSD in a plane like that would probably have been, you know, what is the, the reason I ask is because like when they in that movie, I know the movie was based on true events. The the movie called The Man Who Stared at Goats, and the issue they had in that film is when the soldiers were subject, they were um, given dosages of LSD, and for some inexplicable reason, they committed suicide. It, it was having the strangest effect, and I and I, I found that weird because I knew that uh, cocaine had other other effects that were more positive uh, in the in in the way of process, of controlling the uh, the enlisted men. So it seems that LSD had an opposite effect. Instead of being beneficial, they were acting really weird, and a lot of them killed themselves. So. Uh, it makes me wonder, you know, what does it do? I, I know that not, not everyone is the same. I know the, the dosages are not the same, but uh, it's. I, I'm just wondering, if, like, okay, what are they, what are they doing with the population if the there's such a free range of drugs, um, uh, you know, being being uh, moved around like uh, just candy. So I'm just well, curious. In, in any of those, and in, 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 yes, they're blue states, they're blue towns, they're blue cities, and you've got these liberal, progressive idiots. It, 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 okay, it brings me back to to uh, when I was in, in the University of Massachusetts, and it was the Kent State uh, killings, and so there was an uproar on the universities and colleges, and they basically all shut down across the nation. And I think that this freaked out the powers that be. So they really went after the schools then. Let's indoctrinate the kids in the schools because they almost took down the the entire country. So I can, you know, see that that was a repercussion of the 60s generation saying, you know, there seems to be some kind of a black cabal in control of the government. Maybe we should look at it. You know, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the idea that oh, you have to be awoke and the the black and the brown people, you know, they're born stupid because they're born black and brown, so they can never get ahead because of the oppressiveness of the white people, and so we've got to make everything important for them. You know, take down the entire nation for them. That's the indoctrination. That's why you get on the campuses right now, it's like, oh, the poor Palestinians, you know. Oh, my God, these Israelis, they're oppressive. They're white people, and they're trying to blah, 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 blah. It, that's not reality. That's what you were told was reality. And I really analyzed it from the standpoint of, well, okay, back in the 60s, what what were we believing that wasn't true? And I'm going like, oh, we were we were working with the truth. There was no indoctrination. We were, and I, I'm saying this because I was a voting member of the Faculty of History. I also had to be the student liaison, so I was interacting with the faculty of the history department. And yet, the kids on the campus, what what what, what were they doing? They were looking at what they saw, the Vietnam War, and it didn't make any sense. You killed 50,000 people, you know, American soldiers, and you're doing it to protect us from communism? 
the Vietnam, the North Vietnamese are not communists. They are people fighting for their own country. And, I mean, everything about that, it was the rubber plantations were being taken over. So they want to have a war so that the American, you know, corporate area could keep their rubber supplies. There, you know, So we were looking at it as, as something that was a situation that the governments were putting on the situation. We knew it wasn't true. Wasn't the CIA responsible for moving tons of drugs in Vietnam? Oh yeah, but we didn't know about that at the time, Walt. That mm. no, you know, I mean, even in you know, even in the colleges, it was like, why was there all of a sudden all of these drugs available in the colleges? I don't think it was a concerted effort of the of the dark side to you know screw up the American kids. I don't think it was then, but. I think it became that because like I say the people in in the universities in the 70s they really understood it I was one of them you know why why were was it I didn't go because of my relationship with the faculty I stayed mainly out of it I just was watching it observing it and these kids and they were kids they I've been in a lot of military uh, command centers Okay, because of the military background. But I've never seen one that was operated as cleanly and as proficiently as this particular command group. That It was just students coming together saying, you just sent your soldiers to a university and you killed students. You know, I mean, it was like, it was fascism in a way that was blatant. You, you're stopping free speech with National Guards that got actually live ammo in that in those guns. We'd face the National Guard in a lot of different protest events. But I nobody knew that they had live ammo. I mean, I, I don't think anybody was afraid of them. They were walking up to the rifles and putting flowers in the barrels. There didn't, wasn't that. So when the National Guard got on Kent State and, you know, started shooting at the student, unarmed students. This this was something that nobody could even fathom. And so they really went to the streets to make the country stop and explain and look at itself. Uh, and basically the reason that it ever ended was because they were graduated. You know, a good portion of the of the groups were seniors at the university. They just waited. It was in May. They waited until June till so they graduated out. But the reason I got onto that conversation was at that time. There was one of the part of the protest was that the uh, graduating class of 1970, of which I was, wouldn't attend the graduation. So I called uh, home and I talked to my father. He never answered the phone but he did that day and I explained to him what was happening <clears throat> and he listened to me very politely he listened to me he didn't give me any feed you know nothing just listened to me and of course I was ranting and raving because I was a young student and I knew everything um, but I'm giving him the scenario of why I don't want to go to this uh, graduation and after I finished talking about you know 
this same, the I mean, we didn't, weren't using the word cabal, but we were using the industrial complex that was trying to control everybody. You know, the Republican Party was a bad, you know, was in that category. That's why nobody in the universities wanted to be associated with Republicans because the corporations and the business people, my father himself, were Republicans. And they seemed to be the bad guys. But what he said to me was very interesting after my ranting and raving. He said, um, I understand what you're saying. And it's true. But there's nothing you can do about it. And that concept of my father knows. My father knows the truth. But he doesn't think that it can be changed really sat with me for, it still does, because we're up against what he knew to be true. It's such a big, controlling, omnipresence in our society that you're not going to be able to change it. So for the next 40 years, I'm looking at, Dad, I'm, I, I want to make you wrong. I want to prove to you that we can change this. But the problem was, the more you looked into something, the more difficult it got to get a handle on what's really going on here. And now we know that behind the corporations is this entity of people who want to control the world. Um, they are seemingly uh, possessed by some kind of a disease that's called poo, power over others. I don't understand why you would want that, but apparently that's what they want to do. Um, well, isn't it true, true that they don't know anything else because that's how they were raised? It's not like they, you're a, a, a grown adult uh, and all of a sudden you decided to, oh, I'm going to rule the world. No, you were born into that. Absolutely. From the moment you came out of your mother, you've been born and you've been programmed that you're better, you're superior, you're this, you're that. So you, it's not like you have a five or six other choices. No, it's the only choice. You were born to control the world. And they believe it because that's the only thing. There's nothing else left to believe. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that concept of reality is what you think it is. They've been building a reality where they are going to be the rulers of the world. You know, that's what they want. That's what they're going to do. And the rest of us, what, what's our problem? Well, our problem is that, you know, we really didn't want to get concerned. <laughs> you know, as the older I got, it was like on the colleges and the universities, you got all these people at that time who were talking about this, you know, dark state thing that's happening that none of us really understood, but you could see it. <clears throat> I pointed this out when I've talked about this before. Unions were actually coming to the university to go to, the, to some of these protests. Union leaders, they were speaking at some of them. So it was the unions also that understood that they were under the, you know, the, the, the control of businesses who wanted to suck them dry for their workability and yet give them nothing back in return, basically. So... What, what it comes down to is that there is an evil. And I never believed in the devil. I, I mean, it was just like, no, I don't think that that's, that didn't make any sense to me. But now I do. 
there's some kind of an evil out there that is just we have to identify we have to you know kind of framework it and say okay this is what they're trying to do this is what they're doing how do we get out of this what do we do that can you know stop this and it really comes down to the individual needs to a pay attention to what's happening around them and b tap into the to the qualities of your spiritual uh knowledge the spiritual powers because that's the one thing that's going to stop them you try to play by their rules mm -mm, ain't going to work but if you say okay we're not going to play by your rules we're just going to change ourselves and it goes back to that thing that you said to me years and years ago you know you said you were referencing the q continuum of in the star trek world and the q continuum was a, a civilization that had gotten godlike powers and you, you said yeah while i were out there building this secret space program here on earth we're turning into the q yep and i thought wow that is an amazing you know yeah, look at things for all for all the why do you think they're so focused on on mass control like emf to control this and drugs to control the, this other thing and on and vaccinations to control something they're focusing all their energy and all their resources on control mechanisms why because they can't control people people are they they're they're growing they're learning faster than they can they can well case in point for example you one day you gave me a list of all the things that they were supposed to do but they were doing it wrong because they're in a, do, doing it super accelerated because people are there they they can't control the people so they so they're rushing through everything and by rushing it you're they're all you're doing it all wrong it's all it's all a big mess because you're rushing through this process and rushing that process and accelerating this and like accelerated vaccine and accelerated this and this and it's all blowing up in their faces because they're they're doing it super rush why because the people are learning faster than they can control them case in point the thing with the uh, when uh, uh, Trump people uh, uh, were uh, we were attacking Trump because he was uh, promoting the vaccination and what he ended up doing is he and he was saying he the, instead of the vaccination being legalized it was just been a uh, released as experimental so by being experimental you can't force it by law so he rushed that so that there would be they would have no usage now you can't you can't force people to get vaccinated because it's, it's not lawful well that's one example of, of the things that they were doing it in a rush and when things get rushed you do them wrong you can't you can't have neat control uh, if, if everything is being rushed and that's and 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 this, it, it's happening right now. They're rushing through this. They're rushing through that. They're they're trying things. Is is like you know how when you're doing a let's say a project or something or a, on on or a theater play, there's a lot of rehearsal that you have to go through in order to get it right, and it'll everything will be word just and well when you don't have a chance to. Uh, re rehearse or 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 do or uh, 
or do all the testing needed, everything gets rushed. Everything gets rushed. Everything gets wrong. And that's we're seeing it right now. That's what, that's why you see so many places that make no sense. This makes no sense. This because they're rushing through it. Oh, let's try this one. Oh, and that, oh, Charlie tried that last week. Okay, let's try this other one that Bob has. <laughs> well, it's yeah, like, they they had <laughs> they, they the Ukraine war, and that's fizzling out. I mean, you don't see anything about what's... I don't know what's happening in the Ukraine. For all I know, the Russian flag is flying over Kiev. Or Kiev. Um, but the, the, the in Israel itself, 70% of the Jewish people, no, I'm sorry, 70% or 80%, I think it's 80%, yeah, it's 80% of the Jewish people in polls over there, you know, who knows, but they don't buy into the fact that this is anybody's fault except Netanyahu, whatever his name is, you know, yeah, that guy, it's his fault, they didn't buy into it, why didn't they buy into it? Because he had moved those 40% of the military away from the border. He had dismissed anything the Egyptian intelligence was telling him, and he probably was getting it from his own people. But the Jewish people themselves, the Israeli people, did not buy, buy into all of this. And they're demanding that he step down. Now, you're not going to hear that on, on mass media, but I've heard it from a number of alternative sources. You know that no, that's actually what's happening over there. Um, the honest. Well, the, the Israeli people, because of the compulsory uh, draft, they are more military savvy than the regular uh, civilians. Yep, yep. And it's a small so, country. It's the size of New Jersey. Yeah. You know, so um, it's not even working there. And all I can tell you is that I have been. I, like I said a couple of shows ago, I just am envisioning uh, the world, the globe, the earth, in a C60 molecule that is beaming cosmic energy in the form of cosmic love into the planet. And what's happening on the ground right now is that they, they keep, every, God, every day for 18 days, imminent, 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 imminent. An attack on the ground. Well, they're still not there. And the reason, I think, is because they're not doing it out of a hatred for the Palestinians. They're doing it because they understand the problem is Hamas. You know, I cannot think... I, I mean, I keep hearing people say that the Palestinian people are indoctrinated to, help, to hate Jews. Um, that's why, you know, the genocide, and I'm not saying that's not happening. I don't know if it is or not, one way or the other. But I do know that if you've got Gaza and 20,000 Gaza people, which is a high population, are coming across the border every single day to work in Israel, that if you've got that much of the population that is integrating in... I don't think that they, they go home and they say, oh, I want to butcher every one of those Jews. I, I don't think that's happening. I think that, that maybe part of the reason for taking the, the stupid, you know, operation that they did 
was because they realized they were losing control of their population. You know, so what do they do? And I'm, I'm going to tell everybody out there, those Hamas that came across that border and did all that, they were juiced up on a drug. They found the drugs in the dead bodies of some of the Hamas fighters there. But they were on a drug that's called the poor man's cocaine, and it's an amphetamine-based thing that gets them disconnected from their own reasoning capabilities. They're just like, you know, the guy in the co cockpit, you know, so drugged out. God only knows what it was in, in his head. But in their heads, they had been they had been programmed to kill. And so to them, in doing the terrible atrocities they were doing, they were sort of detached from it, in my opinion, knowing, you know, I've seen a lot of amphetamines. Um, you know, they're, they, 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 they're not, they're playing, a, what do you call it, a, a game, you know? Like some of these shooters in the schools in the early days, you know, they were game players. And so, I've, I've told this story, my brother had, had made these little cars that were based on uh, compressed air, like little go-karts. And his kids took one look at it, jumped on it, yelled Mario, and then took off and crashed. And he said to me, he said, if we had crashed like that, whether we were hurt or not, we would have been crying. But they just were laughing. And he said, I don't understand this mentality. Well, then a couple of weeks later, he comes home from work, and he hears him yelling about Mario. Mario, he walks in, and here it's a game, and the Mario cars were very similar to what he had built. So in the minds of the children, oh, Mario cars, the, the, the thing had come. So they didn't have any fear of getting hurt because the, in Mario, they crash all the time. Nobody gets hurt. They had been programmed not to be afraid and not to get hurt. And that's exactly what happened when they crashed. He got them right back in the car and took them home. <laughs> I don't know. You people are all crazy. But it's, uh, it's, it's just programming. So we have to unprogram what they're what they're doing, and the only way you can do that is to bring light and love into their into their environment and um, use the energies because trying to talk to them is impossible. So we just have to do everything we can to bring light and love and joy into the planet because that's where they can't survive, in my opinion. Well, Dolly, now that we got you on the line, is there something you'd like to say if you? Have you recovered from your tech tech challenge? <laughs> yes, I I am sitting here resting. Yes, I think I've recovered from that. Now, if my cursor will just stay visible, I'll be okay. <laughs> um, I, when I was listening to the Shanghite show this morning, I had a thought. Let, let me see which one I put this in. I think it's this one. Oh, yeah, it was about the 5G show name, because you aren't doing 5G like you used to. Uh, I was thinking maybe you could change the name to something like the Cosmic Soup Show, because you do what, you tend to just address what's happening, what's current, what's going on, some somebody's interest, because the 5G is kind of, put on the back burner I get I don't know how to say what I think about 
they, it's not a huge concern like it was. So I just wanted to say maybe the name could be changed to the Cosmic Soup Show or something along that line. Well, the only problem with that is branding. There's people that look for Radio 5G because they listen to it every week. Oh. You know, and all of a sudden they don't see Radio 5G and, you know, where is it? What's this other one? I don't know what that other one is. That, that's my only concern. But it's the um, same thing they did with Twitter. Twitter yeah. became X. And nobody Twitter. knows what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> because they'll, they'll Yeah, say, but they learned. No, they haven't. They don't say, yes, I'm going to exit or I'm Xing. It's, it's, yes, it's X, but I'm Twittering. <laughs> They're still tweeting. <laughs> you know? And I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not Elon Musk, you know, where I can say I'm changing the name and everybody should pay attention. It's like, no, that's not the way it works. Um, so, you know. And I, I have uh, I thank you. I wanted. Huh? I said I thank you for the suggestion. Oh, you're welcome. I have something that... I found on X and I wanted to read that as a a lightning lighten the mood type thing okay <clears throat> an elderly an elderly man rear-ended a guy driving an expensive sports car enraged the guy hops out and confronts the old man look what you did to my car he yells you're going to have to pay me $10,000 right now, or I'm going to beat you to a pulp. Oh, my, says the old man. I don't have that kind of money. Let me call my son. He trains dolphins, and he'll know what to do. Dolphins, the other driver hops while rolling his eyes. The old man pulls out his phone, dials his son, and just as his son answered, the irate man snatches the phone away from the old man. So you're a dolphin trainer, huh? Well, your old man here just rear-ended my car, and I need ten grand right now, or I'm going to beat you and your old man to a pulp. I'll be there in ten minutes, says the voice calmly on the other end. Exactly ten minutes later, a jeep pulls up and the guy hops out and proceeds to pulverize the bully, leaving him in a heap on the side of the road. When he finished, he walked over to his father and said, For the last time, Dad, I trained SEALs, Navy SEALs, not dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> different I really concept. Liked it. What? Different concept. Yeah. <laughs> that is I kind of liked it, so I wanted to share it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and uh, whenever we get time, I'd like to read that thing again that I read the last show. Do it now if you feel like you got the strength, because I, I was going to suggest you read it again. Oh, um, cool. Because it, it just is, it was perfect. Let me get in that one. I think this is the one. I tried to combine these to, 
but I was getting in a big mess. I, I'm having one of those confusing days in my mind. Okay, so y'all are new to a different crowd usually, so you haven't heard this, and I'm going to read to you. So I'm saying what I'm about to share is controversial. I ran across this today on yesterday on X. By not sharing it, I feel it's equivalent to being censored in order to not hurt people's feelings. Sort of like when the kids don't win in their tournaments and games and they get trophies just for participation. That isn't teaching them things. Anyway, I want to read this because it needs to be shared. A lot of non-vax people feel intimidated to talk about vaxed versus non-vaxed. It's as if we, the non-vaxed, feel embarrassed for having made the decision to refuse the vax. We feel concerned, angry, frustrated, sad, etc., about and for the ones who choose to have the vax and still choose to carry through with the boosters, even knowing possible consequences. The evidence of the seriousness of the effects of what the vax was was and is doing to people was and is out there for all to see. This to me is very appreciated, this thing I'm going to read. I know some won't like it for one reason or another, but this time I'm choosing to do something for me and people like me. This is my decision. And Nancy made it as she wants me to read it too. Uh, a message to those who are not vaccinated. The author is unknown, and this was posted on October 1st, 2023. And the guy says, even if our girl... Even if I was fully vaccinated, I would admire the unvaccinated for resisting the greatest pressure I have ever seen, including pressure from spouse, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and doctors. <clears throat> People who have been able to characterize such personality courage and such critical abilities certainly embody the best characteristics of humanity. They are everywhere of all ages, education, levels, countries, and views. They are a special kind of people. These are the warriors that any army of light would like to have in their ranks. These are the parents that every child wishes to have, and the children that every parent dreams of having. You are made of the greatest people to ever live, those heroes born among ordinary people and glow in the dark. These are beings beyond the average of their societies. They are the essence of nations that created all cultures and conquered horizons. They did what others couldn't. They were the tree that withstood the storm of abuse, discrimination, and social separation. They did it because they thought they were lonely and believed they were the only ones. They were banned from sitting at their family tables at Christmas, but they had never seen anything so cruel. 
They lost their jobs, lost their careers. They were out of money, but they didn't care. They have experienced unmeasurable discrimination, condemnation, betrayal, and humiliation, but they did not stop. There has never been such a selection in humanity. Now we know who is the best on planet Earth. Now, I don't agree with that statement. I, uh, I would quantify it with their good uh, other places, too. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, people of various races and religions, the unvaccinated, the chosen ones of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to stand when it all fell apart. It is you, you passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commanders, Green Berets, astronauts, and geniuses could not. You are made of heroes who ever lived, heroes born among ordinary people, and you shine in the dark. Despite years of pressure, campaigns, discriminate policies, social separation, loss of income, threats and death accusations. French General Christian Blanchon thanked the unvaccinated for their strength, courage, and leadership. That's it. I was just very happy to see where Someone recognized that the unvaxxed were trying to help the va- uh, those from becoming vaxxed and those who were vaxxed. They were trying to help those people. Yeah, but I guess they had that sole contract. You know, years ago I was involved with a small group. I don't think there was... I, maybe 10 people that were involved in it. And when there was like, uh, uh, I remember Hurricane Hugo, when Hugo had gone in and really beat the crap out of North Carolina, I believe it's North Carolina, and maybe it was South Carolina, but it was one of the Carolinas. And so we got together and there was somebody that was um, uh, leading this group. And we, as a group, Used she she was interesting she she had us use uh, the tunnel systems now I'm not talking about the big tunnel systems that everybody you know hears about that's been on this show or other you know listen to other shows not the big ones that were man made and stuff <clears throat> it's a natural maybe it is a natural it seems natural but it's a natural uh, tunnel system that shamans for you know hundreds of years have used to travel from one place to another and it was something that she had learned and so she had us go through this exercise so you'd think about going through this tunnel system and all you had to do was <coughs> excuse me to was to focus on where you wanted to go and we go to uh to where hugo had hit and it was so sad it was very sad there the uh there was a lot of damage to trees and and there was a lot of damage to the people, but there was a palatable fear, anxiety, 
uh, depression um, from the people that had experienced this. So we put out, you know, good vibes trying to help them out and that sort of thing. But then there was the earthquake in uh, California, and the bridge collapsed, and there was all sorts of people killed, and it was pretty ugly. So we do the same thing, and the and you you got ten different people who are, you know, silently doing this, and we all, you know, went through the tunnels and got there, but we all had the same reaction. We had had the same reaction with Hugo. We had the same reaction with this earthquake, but this time it was like you go you 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 kind of pop out of the tunnel system, and you're like expecting to feel the same things we had felt with uh, Hugo which was not good um, okay hold on. don't know what's the problem is here it says it's, I'm disconnected but that doesn't say that uh, you guys hearing us in uh, okay now we're back on line anyway um, but we get out there and you're expecting to feel all this terrible stuff I mean all these people have died but instead it was like everything was fine it was like all of these people that had died had a contract a sole contract to die so they didn't live through anything that was like you know oh I've lost my house I've lost my car none of that they just died and that was very shocking because that's when and I actually asked the question while I was there, why aren't we feeling, you know, what's this about? And I did. I got the message that these people had agreed to die that in that way on that date. And so there wasn't any angst. You know, it was a lack of energy, a lack of emotion. And even the people that you would have thought would have been sobbing about these people remember that's a, a small number compared to <clears throat> the peop number of people living there so and every day you probably get that many people that are putting out you know grief energy but I've always found that very very interesting so when I look at any of these big casualty events I kind of like believe that they all had a soul contract and as awful as it is that was their sole contract um, to participate in all of the gross <clears throat> terribleness that happened especially in this most recent again I, I guess if we don't see how awful it is how atrocities can be committed to understand that the people that were doing it were probably all juiced up on drugs that were making them inhuman. And if you just kind of unravel the storyline, then you see, okay, we've we've been put under another just like the the vaxing. Do you vax or not vax? And the people that did not vax um didn't have a sole contract to do that. And a lot of the people that did get the vaccination also did not have a sole contract to do that. Um, but they were willing to, you know, take the chance that, I don't know why they would take it, but what I'm saying is that even out of those very dark and terrible situations, if you stand back and you look at it, 
without these teachings, without seeing evil for what it is, how, can, how are we going to be able to progress? You know, to get beyond this awfulness that's here. I don't know where it came from, the Anunnaki, the reptilians, you know, some slime from the swamps. I don't know where this stuff came from, but it's a game. You know, those people that are involved in it, they've made a contract with it or not. I think there's a lot of them that just went along like with the Vax people. You know, um, you know. Oh yeah, I'm going to get this vaccination because I need to keep my job. There's, I think, a lot of that mentality. But it, it's just a the, the game is multi-leveled, and the only way that we can influence the game is to <clears throat> put energies out there that, like I say, are full of love and compassion, empathy, um, the thing, the things that that really matter in existence. <clears throat> so, anyway, thank you for reading that, Dolly. And um, thanks for letting me. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's like I say. I, you read it on say what? Um, but I, I wanted you to read it on this because there is a different audience. But because I wanted to hear it again. Oh. Too. You know? I can send it to you if you want me to. No, no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm good. I'm Jasmine good. has an interesting message on on the chat. Well, tell us. She's she says, uh, Nancy, I think you are correct. I personally know someone who got four boosters that made him sick. So in in uh, in parentheses, so they were the toxic doses, but now has zero health problems and is as strong as a horse. But he was also a pharmaceutical salesman and believes in the medical system deeply. So he worked. He 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 was immune to the four boosters, I guess. Well, he might have. <clears throat> who knows? I mean, he might be feeling fine now, but there might be something else happening. But my feeling is is that if you don't buy into it. You know, there, there's people that you're going to die because you took the vaccination and you're going like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. You're going to override anything that, that could happen because of the, your mindset. Yeah. And, and that's I think that that's what they keep, you know, losing track of. It doesn't matter what you do to people. It's what they believe you did to them. You know, <clears throat> I mean, I'm almost hesitant to go and I'm very, I won't talk to my family that, you know, about what I know now. They don't talk to me anyway. But, you know, even given the chance, I wouldn't say, well, you're a dead person walking because you got all those vaccinations. And I wouldn't say that because it's their belief system. If they believe it's absolutely impossible that this terrible thing was a pandemic instead of a pandemic if the vaccinations were designed to ultimately kill me and the very least control me if you buy into that then you're probably susceptible to succumbing to the, what what they want but if you say wow those people tried to do that to me mm -mm, I'm not buying into it no contract here um, also you you can't uh 
you can cheat yourself, but you can't cheat your subconscious. If your subconscious believes something, you're you're dead. If it doesn't believe something, well, you're oh, it, it's not nothing going to affect you. But if your subconscious believes that something's going to kill you, it's going to kill you because the the subconscious never go never goes to sleep, and you can't cheat it. You can't lie to yourself. So that that's why it, it is a war of consciousness. All right, we're at the top of the hour, so let's just take a, a rainbow break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Cosmic Reality. It's October 24th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard and Walt Silva. Um, Dolly, do you still have more on a list? Well, uh, yes, I do, but I don't know if there's all that interesting. I did... Oh, I should have done that when I was listening to the rainbow. <clears throat> I wanted to uh, post the picture of that frickin' judge again that uh, is presiding over Trump's trials. I have a running, a running story, a uh, documentation on... Uh, the Trump trials on how the judge is just so absolutely insane and after Trump and he's not even hiding it he he wants everybody to see where'd it go I'm trying to post the picture he's he looks so freaking evil I'm not kidding you he just looks evil which which court case are you talking about yeah, there's his picture. Uh, let me see. This is the one with that judge. Let me get into the <laughs> trial thing. Um, breaking Judge Engoron has ordered that Trump and members of his family must disclose, disclose all entities they own to a court monitor. The court monitor is Bill Clinton appointed former Judge Barbara Jones, uh, New York AG Letitia James, and Judge N. Goran are able to work together and completely take control over the assets of Donald Trump and his two sons for a simple civil infraction when he doesn't even get a day in court or present a defense. It's that one. <clears throat> and the judge told him he couldn't, he put a gag order on him and Trump kind of didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> so judge got mad at him again. And it's that that trial that's going Is on. Is that the Georgia trial? <clears throat> uh, I, I think it's the Georgia trial. I think it is too, but it doesn't say. Oh, the judge snapped on Trump's attorneys yesterday and interfered with a witness examination so see he's even interfering in uh, what are you all right yeah, did someone strangle you no pain just a minute oh jesus christ i think i think this judge is uh the georgia judge yeah. Okay, so uh so he he interfered with a witness examination. 
showing inconsistencies in the accountant's story year over year and would blow a hole in the AG's and Trump's attorney was showing inconsistencies in the accountant's story over year over year. So uh, it would have blown a hole in the AG's entire case. Instead of the AG objecting, the judge jumped in and stopped the questioning. (laughs) Who is the judge? Why is the judge who's supposed to be neutral acting as the prosecution? And that's the way that this whole freaking trial is going. Obviously, he's not neutral. No, and all of this will go to appeal court, and at the worst case would go to the Supreme Court. So the 24 election would be over before they would say, well, these people were insane. None of this could have happened. But the damage would have been done. So that's what they're, they're, they're betting on, is the damage, yeah. the damage is it, going to be done. It says in here, this, appear, this appears to be one of the most disturbing abuses of discretion I have ever become aware of. I have little doubt these orders by Judge Engoron will be reversed on appeal. So everybody knows this thing isn't going to go anywhere. It's it's just going to be like Nancy just said. And here's another one. This judge has threatened to imprison President Trump (laughs) if he can't provide a valid reason for breaking the partial gag order. And Trump made a post saying... Did you say President Trump? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Trump made a post saying that a law clerk was a girlfriend of Chuck Schumer and even provided pictures. The judge demanded it be removed, and it was. Unknown to the Trump team, the post stayed on his website, even after being deleted. Once the Trump team was notified of this, they immediately removed it. The judge told Trump's defense today, whatever day that was, that unless Trump can explain why he doesn't deserve to go to jail, he may imprison him. I want to know where they're going to put all the secret security people. Do they have to go to jail too? Well, my my question here, Dolly, is is this the same judge or is this the one up in D.C.? This is the see, this is the the same judge that I'm reading to you, but I don't know where is it. I well, that's not know. that's not the D.C. judge. That's a Georgia judge. Okay, but what? I when when they when it's, I thought that that whole thing had to do with uh, the D.C. trial <laughs> with the with the Schumer uh, thing. I saw an I saw an hour uh, Trump rally in uh, New Hampshire, I, you know, just a couple of days ago. And I was very aware of the fact that he did not name any people. You know, he was talking about the injustices, but it was more generic. And he wasn't naming any people. But I Well, I, it's the same judge I've been reading. Okay. So wherever this case is. Yeah, it's Georgia. See, Georgia is a problem because it's not a federal court. So if he was found guilty of something in Georgia, even if he's elect, when he's elected president, he's not going to be able to pardon himself because it's Georgia. 
Well, here's a joke, uh, a hint maybe. What kind of joke of a justice system do we have when the President of the United States can be thrown in jail during a civil trial and not even a criminal case? That, that Does that help you get a feel for where it is, Georgia or Washington? Say that again. The what kind of joke of a justice system do we have when the President of the United States can be thrown in jail during a civil trial and not even a criminal case? Yeah, I think it's Georgia. I know it's Georgia. That that seems like a white hat setup. It's so bizarre. Oh, yeah, all the way to me. That's white hat. <laughs> That can't be real. I mean, the judge is so evil, I don't think they could pretend that's not an evil judge. Uh, looking, evil looking. Do you remember, um, he's the guy He's the guy that, that the uh, photographers rushed to the, the, the court courtroom, and instead of saying, stop these people, get them out of there, he looked at the camera and took his glasses off. You remember that? Oh, yeah, and posed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then shrugged his shoulders with a big... With shit-eating grin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Georgia. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that... that, that uh, the only other notable thing about the speech that I heard from Trump, because it was a lot of the same things. He got into the Israeli-Palestinian question, but again, it was general. It wasn't... He didn't really harp on it much at all, just to say how crazy things are getting. And uh, But he said three times that I picked up on, the fake Biden. Oh, he made a point of it. Yeah, three times I heard him. You know, he started out with, you know that fake nose of his? He said, well, everything's fake about him. It's fake <laughs> Biden. <laughs> I love it. Here's another thing from Travis and Flint. Do you understand, they're talking... I've heard talk, oh, we could, they could put Trump in for Speaker of the House. Well, here's a comment about that. Do you understand what happens if Trump becomes Speaker of the House? He presides over the entire House. He decides who sits on what committee. He brings votes to the floor. He is second in line to become President of the United States. Lastly, my favorite part, he presides, oh, he presides a Biden State of the Union address. I don't understand. Oh, he presides over, I bet it is, a uh -huh. Biden State of the Union address. And we'd get to watch him laugh at Joe all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what happens if Trump becomes Speaker of the House? That's the last statement. <laughs> We have lots of fun if he becomes a speaker and get things done. But how do you how do you nominate something somebody to be a speaker of the house when he's one step from jail? I don't get it. They they have so many. They're going to charge him for this. They're going to charge him for that. So how do you put someone like that as speaker of the house? If the white hats want him to be speaker <laughs> of the house, he will be speaker of the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the law, the law was involved in it. But I, I, oh, I, I, no. I, there, there is, there is no federal law regarding that, Walt. There is a, um, 
uh, a congressional regulation that stipulates uh, uh, a convicted felon cannot be okay. So, but he's not convicted. He's indicted, but not convicted. He hasn't gone through the court systems. So they, they, I've listened to lawyers talk about that. So they said there is, there is a way to do it. But would they do it? Does he want to do it? Doesn't sound like he wants. I don't know how he could possibly do it, but he would have such fun. He would. <laughs> so would we watching. Everybody would be watching everything that happened in the in the. They'd have you know twenty four seven the congressional hearings. What was happening? Yes. It would be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it sounds sounds like a, a fast way to clean house. It does, you know, and I, that's that's what I'm worried about because, again, in his speech, he was referencing um, the fact that the 24 election is like the last battle. And I'm looking at the timetable and these idiots, they keep, you know, making everything faster and faster. I'm going like, do we have more than a year so that's what I wonder yeah how how much longer do we really have just an editorial on the comment that you read Um, he's not he's not the second in line he's the third the second that's what I thought when I was reading it the vice president is the second but um, well uh, Joe Biden I mean one of the things that, and I, I think Walt points it out more than anybody else, is that, you know, while we're watching this Israeli thing that you can't get away from, what else is happening? Well, one of the things that's happening, because Fox is now lightening up and they're going into different things, but what, one of the things that happened um, was that, Oh crap! I just I just went. My mind went into a thousand different things. We were talking about. Oh, this is embarrassing. We were talking about Trump being Speaker of the House, and he'd be third in line. Uh. Oh right. Okay, Biden. Yes. The, the The people out there, when they were doing those hearings and they were putting forth the evidence that they have concerning the Biden mafia. And the Democrats, oh my God! Every time I had, to, I had to keep the the mute thing in my hand because every time a Democrat spoke, they were saying they always invoked the name Trump, and it was just absolutely insane stuff that they were saying. But I wanted to hear the evidence, so I kept, you know, for I think four hours, I'm listening to this stuff. So one of the things that happened was that they kept saying that there's no proof, there's no proof. And Biden himself said, where's the money? Okay. Well, somehow or another, they've got a check from his brother, Jim. And it's for $200,000. How did the poorest man in Congress have the ability to, according to the family, oh, that was a loan, to loan his brother $200,000? But the brother got the $200,000 from a, let's say, a foreign entity. I don't remember which one it was. But it's somebody that, you know, he was basically doing the same thing that Hunter did, you know. 
If you give me $200,000, I'll make sure that we give that the federal government gives you some kind of money or something. So they've got this record of the $200,000 coming into Jim's account. And on the same day, a check is written to Joseph Biden. So he's cooked. He said, where's the money? They found the money. And they're talking in terms of, uh, you know, and we've still got more bank uh, receipts and stuff to look at. So they're expecting they'll find more of this stuff. So he's gone. He, he's not going to be president of the United States because he's not even going to get to, you know, the primary, in my opinion. I don't think he can. You know, and I don't know what all this house stuff and everything else out there, but, you know, just from the standpoint of how much how much proof do you need to show that this guy sold this country out? He's a traitor. Everybody in his family, they're traitors. They should be brought up on espionage charges. So, to me, it's like, yeah, this guy is, is toast. But that happened while everybody was looking at Israel. Even the kids are com com complicit. Complicit. Thank you, Walt. In in this money laundering thing, because they put it in the kids' accounts. Granddaughter. You know, fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. What'd she do for that? Dumbasses. <laughs> Sell so, so cookies. Yeah, Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> door to door selling Girl Scout cookies. Yep. <laughs> oh. way to make a dollar. This is just getting so freaking ridiculous. It is. And and people just sit there and say, "Oh well, well, I'd like to smack the shit out of a lot of them." <laughs> Wake up, Chase. So. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, I do have a 12-minute uh, uh, clip that I'm very, very nervous about even playing it because it's the sound is a, is a little off, and I never know what you two are going to think oh. and, and say because, you know, I don't seem to get much appreciation for doing this. But I suspect that there's somebody in the audience that will really understand what this is about because it's probably talking to them. Because otherwise, why did I get ready? That's it? right. You know? So, um, again, this is Billy Carson. And I'm going to have uh, the whole show tomorrow on Radio 5G is going to be Billy Carson. It's, it's a one-hour show that he has on his master program, the first part. And then there's some clips of him talking about different things. And one of those clips is on light language and a whole bunch more. So, In ancient times, during the time of um, Zeptepi and the, and the founding of the New Kingdom, um, the only people that were allowed to learn hieroglyphs were the gods. It was the light language or the language of light. The only people allowed to even pronounce them out loud vocally were the gods, were these Anunnaki Atlantean people. Then, uh, all, then the, uh, you had another level, which were the politician-level people, they kind of called them. They had the capability of understanding some of the glyphs, not all of them, only some of them, and, and, and the Arabic. Then you had the working-class people who, could only, who were only allowed to learn Arabic, nothing else. 
So you already see the separation there going on, the segregation of the classes. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, they were already putting the system together to enslave us mentally and physically. Along with the list of ancient gods we find encoded in the grid stories of the creation of the human experiment, we find Zeptepi. Within the void called time and space, there are those who move from reality to reality, creating the programs in which souls experience. The Matrix is in the Bible. That's where they got the name for that movie from. From the Bible. That's where it comes from. It's mentioned in there five times. The Matrix. You know what they say the Matrix is? A womb. And the only way to be born, in other words, the only way to achieve a higher level of consciousness and escape the womb is you have to be born through that womb. In other words, you have to develop another dimension of thought and understanding before you can escape the system that's been put on top of you. And that's where the Matrix comes from. It's, it's actually uh, listed there many, many times. So, um, Zeptepi refers to the first time, a remote epoch prior to the ancient Egypt, in which the place of awakening and the place of for, for, uh, forgetfuls, forgetfulness in the uh, beginning and the end in all everything. It is the home of the creational forces, those who bend and shape realities through sound, light, and color. Let me read that again. Those who bend and shape realities through sound, light, and color. What produces sound, light, and color? TVs. Thank you. They understand this stuff, man. They're using it against you every single day and your kids as well. For generation after generation, they've manipulated the system. And now we're in the technological age where they're using it right through your phone screens. Okay? They understand the light frequencies that have a direct effect on human consciousness. They understand the G technology, that's the microwaves that are being received by this device. Do you know that I can send a piggyback encoded message on a microwave frequency? Cell phone towers work because you have the cells of phone uh, towers. Okay, so you have a tower here, a tower here, a tower here, a tower here. It's in the shape of a cell over many miles. And as you drive, it sends out a microwave frequency, which is picked up by your device. And your device sends back a microwave frequency, connecting microwave frequency back to that tower. And as you drive, it passes from tower to tower. And it never stays on the same tower. Okay? Now, if I wanted to, I can very easily embed or encode a frequency on that um, microwave signal that can be picked up at 5 to 8 hertz by your own brain, and I can talk to you. Zeptepi is Genesis. Zeptep, Zep means time, Tepi means first. Let me say it again. Zep means time, Tepi means first. Together they are the first time or the golden age of alchemy where the gods moved through the void and created grids of our reality. Over 30,000 years ago, they knew about this flower of life. They knew about the technology. They knew about the implications. They knew about the womb. They knew about the vesica physis. They knew about the, uh, you know, the, the whole way that this formation converts into a three-dimensional substructure that creates this entire grid that we live on called the matrix. No matter what civilization you go to around the world, you're going to find the flower of life. In the creation myth, we are introduced to astrology and the influence of the planets upon man and from which man is expected to rise above. We have dualism, a god of the heavens and one who created earth. We see an idea of man as a son or part of God. We have, made, we have man being given the power of creation. You create your own reality. The idea that man has a dual nature is one in heaven, non-material, soul and spirit, and the physical in the world of matter, the body, and the fall, leaving from heaven to be with nature. In other words, the universal consciousness 
decided, I want to experience the third dimension from this perspective, from that perspective. I'm going to go down. I'm going to separate myself into trillions and trillions of entities, and I'm going to experience what it's like to be a human being in the third dimension. I want to experience what it's like to be a, a, a cat, a dog, a blade of grass, even a rock. And I'm going to collect that data and that information from all those perspectives to what agenda and what end, I'm not exactly sure. But the universe is on a data collection mission. And the reason why I know that is because as above, so below. Our bodies, like I said before, our brain is collecting information on a consistent basis. 24 hours a day, this is our consciousness where we house it. The universal consciousness is going to be doing the same exact thing, collecting information. Why? It's essentially percepting or perceiving this realm from this perspective uh, for its own personal understanding and gain of what it means to be a three-dimensional being. That's literally what it's all about. And it's like a, it's like a creator drops a pebble into a little stream, and you see the ripples go out. We're in that ripple. We're in the ripples. And it's just like, I hate to say it, but it's like a massive, massive experiment. And it's to see how it develops, how it feels, how it can sense things, how, how these individual arms of itself respond to situations. And uh, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a data clear. I think the ultimate goal, in my opinion, is to see if this experiment, this ripple, will turn back and come back to what we call unconditional love. Will it continue to re relate itself as a yin and a yang, and separation and division? Or will, at some point, universal love take over and end this experiment? We have to wait and see. We have to wait and see. The principle of mentalism is that the universe is all mind. What does that mean? Everything begins as a thought, like I told you yesterday. Everything begins as a thought. So, what if, so if, like I said, you know, how do you how do you come up with how does thought turn into reality? You start with a conscious plane. So you think of something, like I said yesterday, the cell phone. You think about the phone, what it would look like, what it would feel like, what size it would be, what functions it would have on a conscious uh, plane platform, then you take it to a two-dimensional platform. So in a two-dimensional platform, you give it to a CAD designer. Hey, this is my idea. This is what I'm looking to create. The CAD designer then puts it into a two-dimensional format for you. And then the, once you get it where, where you want it, the CAD designer then does what? Here, take it from this two-dimensional platform and put it in a three-dimensional reality by giving it to an engineer. Now the engineer will convert that thought into a three-dimensional physical reality that can utilize the tool. This is how we manifest things every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like I said, nothing would be here if we didn't have this power of manifestation. The proof that we are gods is in the fact that when you look around, there's things here. <laughs> if we weren't gods, there would be nothing here. We are creators. We are co-creators in this reality. And it's very important to understand that. Let's look at the brain. You know, in the Matrix, they call, uh, you know, the Savior, Neo. Did you think that was a coincidence? <laughs> They're talking about the neocortex, where we think, talk, move, create, and learn. The neocortex, Latin for a new bark or a new rhyme, also known as the neophallum, is the mantle, or the new mantle. It's part of the brain in mammals. It is the outer layer of the cerebral hemispheres and made up of six layers, labeled one through six. The neocortex is part of the cerebral cortex, uh, basically which are the cortical parts of the limbic system. In humans, it is involved in higher functions, such as sensory perception, Generation of motor commands, spatial reasoning, conscious thought and language, and you thought it was just a name. There's lessons in everything out there. And you know, a lot of you heard me say before, I, be, I believe that we're living in a fractal holographic universe. This universe is holographic by nature. It's not just me saying this. Professor James Gates, who used to be um, the presidential scientific advisor to uh, uh, President Obama, 
he was a uh, was a uh, professor at the University of Maryland. Uh, he's now at another university, but he's an expert in something called supersymmetry and theoretical physics. Okay, and he put together a team of some of the top physicists, quantum physicists in the world. In the world, these are the brightest and biggest minds on this planet to figure out what is this soup that we're operating living in. What is this? What is this universe? What is this space time? What is it? They discovered. A, uh, a group of codes called Adinkra codes. Now these Adinkra codes, if you remember the Dogon tribe I had up there a little while ago, the Dogon tribe knew all about these Adinkra codes. They call it part of sleepy time, the dream world. What does that tell you? They have these codes drawn or etched into fabric and designs, and they're called Adinkras, but they're really numerical um, representations of something called error correcting codes. And these error correcting codes that they knew for thousands of years, which we just now rediscovered, are the same codes that run search engine browsers and websites. So the same codes that operate your computer, your websites and browsers for Google searches and all of that, and the websites you like to visit, are the same codes that operate this entire ether of space-time. We're living inside a program. The agents is right. The Bible is right. We're living in a creation. I'm just telling you the method used for the creation. The method used for this creation is a hologram. Most likely by a dodecahedron on the exterior, projecting in a three-dimensional holographic uh, vision of electromagnetic waves. And these waves emanate from this dodecahedron into the center. Consciousness interacts with these with these electromagnetic waves. Consciousness actually slows down electromagnetic magnetism and collapses into something that we call solid matter to give us the illusion that there's something actually here. When you're not looking at something, it doesn't even exist. I know it's hard to really understand that. Like a video game. Okay, let me give you a video game, for example. If you're playing Donkey Kong, remember that video game? It's one of the oldest games, okay? Or uh, Pac-Man, one or two. No matter what happens, as you move to the next screen, as you, well, as you move to left or right, the next screen appears. Even in Donkey Kong, you got to go up these ladders or whatever these things are, these ramps. You don't see the top of the ramp when you start the game. You only see the top of the ramp as you defeat certain levels, and as you get closer to what you think is the top, the top begins to appear. When you're not at the top, the top doesn't exist on the screen. It's just an electromagnetic wave. It's, the, it's not real. It only becomes real when you need it to become real. Consciousness is a wave function, just like in mathematics. And wave functions collapse information into a particular um, uh, outcome or a particular answer. And so your conscious wave function collapses electromagnetic waves into something we call solid matter. How? By slowing down the frequency or vibration of those waves. All that matter truly is, is electromagnetism that has been slowed down. That's all it is. If you slow it down enough, you can collapse it into a physical object or something that we think is a physical object. Like I said before, the only thing stopping my hand from going through this table is the repulsion of the electromagnetic waves in my fingers repelling the same waves that are inside this table. But if I were to phase shift the atomic frequency of the atoms in my hand to the same frequency of the atoms in this table, I can pass my hand right through this table with no problem. Now, I suspect that that was probably uh, a little bit too techy for some people, including me. But we got Walt Silva here, so I thought maybe he would get him to uh, think outside the box and kind of tell us what he thinks he heard. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I guess we've heard those explanations with different words, but uh, it's essentially, uh, other people have said it in different ways. 
the thing that we we, we it's difficult to accept that uh, what we refer to as solid matter is isn't really solid and isn't really matter. It's just it's a thought. It, it has form and shape and all, but it, but it's just a thought because think about it. Okay, let, um, let's say uh, you're looking out the window and you're looking at something. Well, you think you're looking at something, but it's you're you're interpreting the signals that your eyes are seeing. Because what you you okay you you're seeing a tree. Okay, you're not seeing a tree. You think you're seeing a tree, but it's it's just a signal that's going in. Uh, it's it's going into the brain, and the brain is interpreting it. But you you don't you're not seeing the the tree. So the, he's that's what he's making a point is that all the, this thing that we call reality, it's uh, the the so-called matrix that he refers to. Because okay, if you are, <clears throat> that. I will. I believe that's why uh, the the other side is more real than this side. When you when Dolly talks about the other side and she talks about Dave and the things that he he says and every okay, that's more real. That's it's actually more real than this side. Because think about it, he's on the other side and he's describing what he doesn't. He doesn't have any eyes. He's not using eyes to see it. He's uh, he's actually experiencing it for what it is. It's pure pure uh, it's conscious energy. It's like the the saying. Uh, I think somebody said it. It's it's in the in the Bible somewhere that the uh, angels in heaven don't have eyes yet they can see. I never understood that that statement. Now now it makes perfect sense. They don't need eyes. It's it's just energy. That's that's why the like for example when you do remote viewing, okay, what eyes are you using? You're not using your, your physical eyes. You're interpreting you're interpreting that energy. You're you're processing that energy that's coming to you through your consciousness. So that's why the other side is more real than this side. No wonder Dolly is in such a rush to leave. <laughs> Especially the shit show that's become lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's um, it's it's interesting when they talk about the matrix because essentially you have the people contained in a solution thing that's actually acting like batteries. And one of the stories that you always hear is that they harvest our energy. You know, and you got to wonder about some of these movies and some of the storylines because it does. I mean, there's so much about the Matrix. I mean, I've been calling that place that, you know, we talk about a lot, the Matrix reality. Because it seemed to be, you know, so manipulated. I could see it like a Matrix. That made a lot more sense, like a holograph. Well, look at, uh, for example, the world of sports. Who does that benefit? I mean, truly. I mean, uh, what do you get? A, uh, you get an, an, a crowd that ends up going home exhausted, and and they think and 
they were full into believing or that they had fun. Always exhausted, but I, I had I had the time of, at the time of my life. I had so much fun, really. Well, you don't go to sports <laughs> events. They are they are fun. It, it's a totally different um, environment. You see, you're trying to comment on something that you haven't really experienced, and I can understand how you would see it. That well, way. I, I've been to sports games. But I, you were, I've been you to were, uh, baseball but, uh, games in New York. I went to uh, 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 what do you call it, a soccer game in Argentina. So it's not a, I'm not a total stranger to that. I have, but I have been present to it. But, but that's not I, the thing. You you didn't participate. See, the crowd really does make a difference in 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 the, in the their players in the scenario. They hmm. they call them the uh, what is it the twelfth uh, player or something. It's a it's a weird thing about. But David Wilcock got into this because he was talking in terms of from the concept of enterology and DNA. This. I, guess, I think he was calling it a photon type of thing, but it's an energy that people that are extremely focused put out. And what you're putting out is whatever you're feeling, but you're extremely focused. And in a sports event, see, I analyze these from, from the standpoint of what, what were you talking about there, Walt. So you, you watch the crowd, and they, are, they, they don't go home. If you're on the winning team, you don't go home tired. You are so incredibly energized. And where this became, you know, the, the hometown advantage, you know, well, what is that? Well, it's the energy of the crowd that's supporting the given team that they're supporting. And those people get energized by that focused energy. And the, where I saw it, so, I mean, it just jumped out at me as it was happening. I could see it start to play out. was a, uh, a beach volleyball game in the, in the Olympics. And the two female U.S. players were doing what they always did. They were the best in the world. And they were beating the Brazilians, the hometown team. Well, something happened, and it was just a maybe one point. That's all. I mean, that's all it took. And all of a sudden, I could see and feel and hear that the crowd had suddenly started to come into action, to, to get energized. And I watched as the energy that had been so predominant in the game with the two Americans was sucked out of them, just sucked out of them. And their opponents got juiced. So there is something that definitely is happening in those big sports arenas, Walt. Tremendous amount of energy. And the people are absolutely engaged in it. It's not just watching it and you don't really know the players. No, they get vested in the outcome of the game. And sometimes not even the outcome. It's like I, I'm hit and miss on, the, on the, any game. The only things I, I will watch is football. And the Miami Dolphins I threw away a couple of seasons ago because of, I didn't like their coach. Well, now they got the baseball, baseball is as fun as a chess match. <laughs> yeah, but you're not into it. So, but people, I mean, football is got a lot of you know things involved in it. But even even if even when this last game, the uh, the Dolphins actually lost, but it was everybody that saw them lose knew it was just a wonderful experience for them. 
because they're a young team, and they were in a stadium, the Eagles Stadium football, that was absolutely packed to the hilt with crazy-ass Eagle fans that were screaming so hard they kept getting a delay of game because they could not hear each other talking to tell what the next play was. And the over and I said this when, when I saw what they were going to do, when I said this is going to be difficult because it's on the road, they're going to be out of their own environment, and they're going to be on enemy turf with some of the craziest fans in the world. And yes, they did. They, they got beat. But they didn't really lose. They got beat by the fans, in my opinion. Uh, so no, sports is an interesting, uh, an interesting thing, and to see so many people, you know, just engaged in supporting the same team, and everybody's happy, unless you're sitting next to the the other team guy and you get into a fist fight or something, you know. I mean, it's there's always that bullshit, but no, I I, uh, I can appreciate what people get, and it takes them out of their worries, you know, for the. 90 minutes or the two hours that they're there looking at that, they're in a totally different energy. I mean, where do you get so, that? So it's a drug. Yes, it is. You know. Um, and Bread it, and circuses. Huh? Bread and circuses. Who invented it? The Romans. Well, I suspect they found it someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I can do that with... Uh, not even realizing I'm I'm getting people, uh, especially when I get excited and I'm out in public, and I'm really freaking excited, and I'm very expressive, as you all might know, and so I'm expressing my excitement verbally, and. And I notice that people around me start drawing closer to me, and the mood changes to reflect my mood. So anybody, anybody can change the attitude of those around you. So try to be happy. <laughs> it just hit me. Try to be happy uh, so that you can make people around you happy, too. But I, it all this stuff just hit me listening to you all talking and everything. So I wanted to share that. Button. Um, yeah, that's that's where I think we're at. Is that we. We can make a vast difference, but we have to, and I keep saying this on every show because I think this is where we are in our evolution, is that we have to take responsibility for everything that's happening around us. Not responsibility in the concept of control, but responsibility in the way that we respond to it. You know, um... You, you see all this craziness that's happening out there and people so angry and stuff. And it's because they are out of control and easily triggered. Don't be one of those people. Be the person who sits back and watches this stuff and says, hmm. And, you know, when you can, in the appropriate way, you know, you make a joke. 
uh, I, I watch Gutfeld, and Gutfeld takes some very, very serious discussions and then makes a joke. And it just takes that, it ends that, that conversation. You know, it's like it's bad stuff, okay, and he ends it with a joke, and boom, that energy is stopped in place and time. And I think that it's, you know, you just have to really nurture your sense of humor and your sense of objectivity. We can't fix everything, but we can fix everything by just putting out good vibes, you know. The age like, of Aquarius. Like everybody being together and sending out love blankets with whatever each individual who receives the blanket needs with the extra stuff. Um, so that's a bunch of people sending out a bunch of love plus whatever else is needed. Um, so that's, I read something else saying something about getting love out to the masses. So um just just remember, send out love blankets. Or in your own way of, of doing it. But it's basically just, you know, taking good energy and sending it out. I mean, like I say, I I've got this the earth in this full arena and I continually will think it's working on its own. I don't have to replenish it or anything. But I just sort of like sit back and I, I just see it, you know, and is it working? Well, we're still not at World War Three, <laughs> you know. People are waking up in a, even a faster rate. So, if, if, if and, and, and I know that, okay, maybe that wasn't, maybe it didn't work, but it worked for me. It gave me something to do instead of, you know, oh, poor us, poor us, we're all going to die, you know, that type of thing. And it's that, it's that strange little pathway that we have to walk where we're aware of the matrix, but not getting captured in the matrix. And, you know, soon, I, probably it's happening now where we're not just... That's, a, that's something else that they don't want you to realize, that you, you can change the matrix. Yeah, the, just the matrix, it, it doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't control you. You're the one who's controlled, controlling it. But that's that's what isn't that in one of your rules of cosmic reality that there there's parts of it that they don't want you to know. <laughs> yeah, those people in control don't want you to know how powerful you are. That reality is what you think. Yeah, you know, and it's not in the numbers; it's in the amount of focus. You see, those people, you know, what what are they? One percent of one percent that want to have, you know, conquer poo power over others those people are focused they made a plan you know they've worked for like I say hundreds of years maybe longer to be able to pull off this amazing takeover of the human species and it's their focus but that's because everybody else was asleep they were being kept from the knowledge just like you know Billy Carson said you know it started a long time ago. They're not letting you learn the language. And now we're learning the language. So once we get the language behind us and we can talk to each other and say, 
Yeah, this is this is not a difficult thing. Because first two rules, reality is what we think it is. If we begin to think differently than the pool people, well, it you know, we just need to have the enough focus. And so I'm sorry if I'm starting to sound really repetitive on these shows, but I think it's critical that you get your mind into the game. And if, if the only thing you can do, and, you know, I mean, I, I, basically that's the only thing I can do, is bring in, your, use your imagination to see all of this energy of good and, and, you know, not so much godly, but humanity. Human beings, by, by their very nature, they're good people. It's all this garbage that's put on them from, you know, their history, their ancestry, their societies, their cultures. If you can just get rid of that, I mean, I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a sandbox. We weren't being told how to think. And we didn't have, oh, there was that serial killer, but he wasn't scared of serial, serial killing when we were children. But the kids all got along. There, there was very seldom a fist fight. Well, there was a lot of wrestling type of thing, and normally I was the one that was doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was, the oldest? I was the, the advantage oldest. of being the oldest, I guess? I was the oldest, yeah. I, yeah, I was the sheriff in town. <laughs> Dolly wasn't around. Yeah, But uh, it, it does come from just, you know, what works. It's like, why does... Why, do, why, why am I supportive of capitalism? And not just capitalism, but compassionate capitalism. Why, why? Well, simple. It's what works. If you are fair with your workers and they get, you know, a, a large chunk of the, of, the, of the profit goes to them and it's a profitable company, everybody's happy. No problems. It's when greed gets in. And what is greed? Greed is an indication of a poo person. Absolutely. So, we, uh, we, know they're, we know they're out there. If you guys haven't signed up for the Scalar session from uh, Derek, you really should. Let me see. I think this is it. Yeah, I'm going to send it. I'm going to post this in chat because this is a very beneficial process and all you have to do is sign up but you have to do it weekly okay and you can sign up for this coming friday um all right so is there anything else you want to talk about or should i give i want to say something oh okay um you see you were saying you're apologizing for being repetitive well you don't need to do that it's your job apparently yeah that's why we're here. It's our job. Talk to the masses. And there's always new people in the masses. So it's not repetitive to everybody. It, it was and the people, if people get tired of it, they don't have to come. <laughs> but they like it. They come. <clears throat> um, is the popcorn group been around, or Dave? Tonight? No. Well, they haven't, uh, they haven't been showing up for our shows. They aren't around. I'll see if I can bring them Saturday. Do, who do we have Saturday? 
Uh, Ronis will be on, Mona. Oh, okay. I'll see if I can bring him Saturday or have him come and join us. Yeah, I was thinking about that. But I thought they were always around you. In fact, you, you miss them when they are not around you. Right. Well, I've been missing them. <laughs> That's weird. I know. That's what I keep thinking. This just isn't right. There's something not right around me right now. Because I'm missing the popcorn group and Dave. <clears throat> and uh, weird things happen, but it ends up being that they had to happen in order to r replace the old with the new. So I can't really bitch about whatever it is that's happening. I just wonder why. What is it? Yeah. So they're, so they're the ones who brought your house guest? <laughs> I don't know, Walt. <laughs> We don't talk about that on the radio. <laughs> you know, we don't know who's listening. You know, oh, it, it's um. Oh, jeez, I just uh, lost it again. Uh, um, old into new. Uh, come back, thought. Come back. Nancy misses you. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I got it now. Um. One of the things that I've been very much aware of is that the energies are so awful on the ground. And it's like these people in the colleges and universities, they're putting out so much hate. There's a tremendous amount of just garbagey energy out there. And if I was a higher being, I wouldn't want to be down here feeling that. And that's one of the reasons that I, I keep pushing, you know, get the good out there because this bad stuff is just awful. So. Annette and I got so depressed one Wednesday recently that I was afraid for her life. I would go in and check on her. Are you okay, Annette? And that's what helped me through my depression was checking on Annette through her depression and we could not get ourselves out of it. it and finally things started turning around things were getting fixed uh, things weren't breaking like they were things were coming along smoother easier to do uh, so, so don't if y'all out there get depressed um you will, uh, re please remember, you're going to get through this. Please don't get as depressed as Annette and I did. If you do, you find me and talk to me, okay? I'm done. So go to the laundry so you can find Dolly. That's where I found you, in the laundry room. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know either what laundry. My room. phone rang and I'm in the bed in the in the laundry washing my my bedding, and the phone rings and it's uh, Dolly. So. Oh, my phone <laughs> called Walt. Yeah, I didn't know you were in the laundry room. My phone called Walt. All of a sudden, I'm hearing, "Well, hello, Dolly." I thought, "Well, that sounds like Walt." <laughs> <laughs> All and right, you guys, you guys gotta say good night here. Good night, y'all. Love, love blankets. Love blankets, everyone, please. And I want to thank you all for being here and to remind you that Radio 5G 
or what is it, cosmic soup? <laughs> you know, yeah, cosmic funny. soup. He, 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 he said, you know, the soup we're in, uh, Billy did. So that it just struck me funny. He said, the soup we're in. Teaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.